Now, the title of the message is Staying Sharp or Getting Dull, which is a question, but I like this graphic so much <laughs> I used it because it's the passage of Scripture that is the emphasis of this um, message. Iron sharpens iron. Familiar passage. We hear it a lot around here. If you're in men's class, you hear us reference it a lot. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, as familiar as this passage is, I, I was just, uh, I don't know, it was uh, two weeks, it was not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, I, 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 uh, in the Men of Valor class on Wednesday night, I was, uh, I left that night um, with this tangible thought that I had been sharpened. I had been sharpened. Um, uh, Gil, Kibby, stand up. Gary Sloan, stand up. Ernie, stand up. Ernie Kessler, stand up. Willie Smith, stand up. Greg Langer, stand up. Now, there were more of us in the class um, that night, but... Uh, it, you know, we talk about all kinds of things in, in the men of our class. We usually come in with a topic and and uh, and scriptures, and it, you know, and it could be it could be anything. But and and, and the topic often isn't even the point. Uh, but that night, and again, men of our class has been going on for a number of years. But for whatever reason, that night, uh, I you know, I just I, I just had this very distinct thought that that hearing. Hearing perspectives from everybody, you know, and, and you know, uh, John, God, stand up. Because I think John was the youngest one there that night. Uh, and uh, I won't tell you which of these guys is oldest, but uh, it, <laughs> but, um, but it was, it was so real to me that hearing, hearing the discussion and hearing these guys uh, just share their, share testimonies of, uh, and, and share share scripture in ways that that I don't know gave insight and experience and uh, I had I left there with a resolve a resolve that uh, man I want to I want to I want to have a walk like these guys you know I want to I want to want to you know uh, I'm not I'm not their age yet but uh, I want to have a resolve uh, that. Uh, and I, and I, I, you know, again, we, we we study the scripture, but that was that was a night where I saw some effect on me in a way that was transformative. I knew, I knew that there was a there was something had changed uh, in my resolve on something. I only and I can't even pinpoint specifically what it was, but I knew it was real. You guys can sit down now, because iron really does sharpen iron. And the reality is, we don't we we don't get that just by reading the scriptures. So the scripture says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." And the reality is, I was sharpened that night. I expect these guys were sharpened too, because that's the way it works. That's the way it works. And and what I loved about this graphic is, which is why I use it, used it, even though iron sharpens iron isn't the title. 
uh, is there's, there's heat, there's heat, there's heat applied uh, when iron is sharpening iron, and there's heat applied in our walk, in our lives at different times, and sometimes that just comes through Holy Spirit, but sometimes that comes just through our relationships with one another. We're, we're hanging out together. We're hanging out together, and I guess as we begin this lesson tonight, today, I want to ask you just to, to consider, are there people in your life who sharpen you? Are there, are you, do, you do you know, can you identify, can you identify men, women, others in your life that, that, that sharpen you? And can you think that maybe there's somebody in your life that, maybe, maybe I help to sharpen them? Because it's, again, the equation the equation is that both parties, both parties, as we're interacting, as we're hanging out together, as we're studying together, as we're learning together, as we're at times grieving together, as we're worshiping together, even in this place this morning, sharpening took place as ministry took place. And people stepped out. And the question becomes, am I, am I, willing, am I willing to put myself in those Environments, those situations where I might be sharpened. You know, I told told Will. I actually used this in the class this this past week because it was it had such an impact on me. Uh, and, and and maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just personal for me. But I believe whenever the Lord's done personal things in me, uh, because I'm the pastor, that it probably has bigger ramifications. Uh, so we 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 addressed this, and I I, I remember. Now, I've known Willie for many years, uh, but he just started coming to the class this year. And uh, I know more, I, I, know, I know a little bit more about Willie because he's been in the class. I know a little bit more about Willie because he's opened up, he's opened up and, and shared testimonies and stories of his life. And there's power in that. Everything about what God does in us comes it's related to relationship. God can do anything personally in me if he wants, but for whatever reason, he set it up for us to be in relationship with one another. And there's a value to that. And I, uh, I stand here today saying, hey, the question, the, the, the title is Staying Sharp or Getting Dull. And uh, I think we probably need to, from time to time, examine that. Is, is, is my walk... Would my walk be considered cutting edge? Is it sharp, sharp? Or is it possible that for whatever reason, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not saying this in any sort of judgmental way, because we can all allow ourselves to become dulled, less sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit, less sensitive to the voice of God to speak to us, less sensitive to well, is that the right thing to do or is that the wrong thing to do? We can, we can fall prey to that without walking away from Jesus, without walking away from our relationship, but not be in that place of, I'm on the cutting edge. I'm on the cutting edge. You know, do you ever try to use a knife that was dull? To, do you ever try to cut vegetables with a knife that's dull? It doesn't work as well. Do you ever try to write with a pencil that has a dull bottom i mean eventually the pencil if you, if you don't sharpen it it won't work at all it was interesting because uh, we re- related this even in class wednesday 
You ever try to cut grass with a blade? And we had, I mean, some of these guys, you start talking about power equipment. (laughs) But, But even in that, what was awesome about that is that by the time we left class that night, some guys had other guys helping them to physically sharpen their lawnmower blades. <laughs> and see, that's part of what we have in the body of Christ. It isn't all spiritual, and it isn't all practical, but it's both. And that's what, that's what we have when we build a relationship with one another. Is, and that's what we have as, as, as iron is sharpening iron, is that, is that you, gotta, you have an issue, there's someone here who can help you. Again, whether it's spiritual or physical. But that doesn't happen just apart from relationship. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, I'm amazed over and over again at, at uh, how the Lord uses the body, the body to accomplish his plans, to accomplish his will. And I think sometimes we still can miss that part of the equation because investing in one of those lives is risky. Is risky because we're imperfect people. Because we don't have all the answers in and of ourselves. We know the one who does, but we're imperfect people and we will do things imperfectly and we will fail one another. And, and so the willingness to risk uh, sometimes gets put at arm's length because you might hurt me. You might hurt me. And I might hurt you. And if I let you get too close, I might be disappointed. But what we miss out on all that is what each other brings to the equation of sharpening. Iron sharpens iron. You know, such an interesting concept. You know, this, this is a passage from Ecclesiastic, very familiar passage. It's one we read at weddings. And I, I just did a wedding two weeks ago, and I read it again. And when, when I was working on this lesson, it came to my mind again. Two are better than one. And we use it with marriage, but it doesn't have to just be related to marriage. It can, do with, it can deal with just friendship and relationship in the body, brother and sister relationships. And I don't mean, uh, I don't mean uh, biological. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So the concept, the concept of doing things together, it's really, really important. It was, it was, uh, it was funny last night. uh, You know, we had had a we had had a garage sale at our house, and and uh, we were up early and worked. And I sat down and I got a phone call. from Tim Hupp, he says, hey, I got a strange request. He said, where are you right now? What are you doing right now? And I said, well, I'm just, I'm just sitting in, in, in my chair. And, uh, and here his van broke down. Van broke down. And, uh, and he said, uh, tow truck's coming to get the van. And uh, but need somebody to pick us up. I'm, I'm in Steubenville uh, with uh, uh, five children, <laughs> four children. You had five with you, five with you. And uh, I, so I said, let me check with Connie. Connie and I, were, you know, she was out at the moment. I said, let me check with her, see, you know, see what's going on. But I, I knew in my heart, 
of course I'm going to go get someone who's stranded, you know? What, you know, sorry. Sorry. But see, when we have a relationship and somebody calls and asks and we have opportunity to help, we're going to do so. We're going to do so. And in the process, iron gets sharpened. Iron gets sharpened on both ends. Both ends. You know, if you think that you're the one who's always doing the sharpening, you're not. You're not. It goes both ways. When iron is coming against both both pieces of iron are being sharpened. Another familiar passage, uh, and this is simply from the creation story. The Lord created man, and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Not good for, being a man, good for man to be alone. So again, just simplicity of that, but it's real. It's real from the very beginning. From the very beginning, God recognized. We need people. We need people. Flawed as we are. Imperfect as we are. Familiar passage. Uh, and I, I've, I've touched on this, this point before. But it's, real, it's so relevant to this idea. This is, this is uh, you know, David. David was, uh, was being groomed to become the king. To replace Saul. And because uh, Saul had uh, Saul had been disobedient, Saul got all big, big, uh, big headed about his kingship, and uh, and and so the the plan was that he was going to be replaced, and so David had gotten a wind that Saul was out to kill him because he kind of knew he, he knew what was coming, and so, so it says while David was at at Haresh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Haresh. This is interesting. So the, your father's the one who is out to kill you, but you're the son and you're saying, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and warn my, warn my friend. But it said, it said Jonathan went to David at Haresh and helped him find strength in God. There may be a time in your life where you need to reach out to somebody or go to somebody and either receive strength from them or give strength to them. Jonathan went to David and helped him find strength in God. It's why at times when we have ministry going on in here, we say, come on, come on down. I, I don't pretend to know exactly how it all works, but I know that if I'm down here and people are praying for me and I look out and there's a bunch of people around me that somehow there's some, I don't, I don't know how it works, but there's strength that comes from knowing there's people surrounding me. And so when we have that kind of ministry going on, don't hesitate to step out because God does, God does supernatural things through simple natural things. And it may just be you stepping out of your seat because that's uncomfortable for you or maybe that's new for you or maybe, you know, well, I just don't do that. Well, maybe God wants to use you in ways that you think he doesn't want to. And so, again, if somebody's down here, just listen, listen. And you have that sense of a nudge. I so appreciate it. 
what happened here this morning and Emma coming up. Because that's not necessarily something Emma's comfortable with. But she stepped out. Sometimes, and, and I don't know about you, but I was strengthened. I was strengthened by watching somebody step out in their gift. So Jonathan went to David and he helped him find strength in God. And so we see a few chapters later where David was distressed again by a situation. It said he was distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Well, there's that. How many of us have faced that situation? Each one was bitter in spirit, but it said David found strength in the Lord his God. See, somebody helped him to do it, and then he was able to do it. If you're in this room today, and you don't, you don't know how to find strength in God, ask somebody to help you. And perhaps the next time when you need to find strength in God, you'll know. I don't know how many situations happened between the first one and the second, but the design and plan for us is for us to need one another. For your life to touch my life, for your lives to touch one another's life, and in the process, become sharper. Become sharper. Is your life getting sharp, getting sharper or is it getting dull? Are you staying sharp or are you getting dull? Staying sharp or are you getting dull? There's an account in the Gospel of Luke, Simon, Simon. Now this is, again, this is referencing Simon Peter. Simon Peter, the one who said he would always be faithful to Jesus and then denied him, but then went on to become a powerful servant, a powerful preacher of the word. But we see this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So, you know, we, first of all, we see in these, in, these, in these words that Jesus knew that Simon was going to fall short. He, he, he knew. He said, but I've prayed for you, and your faith is not going to fail. You, you may make a mistake, but when you've turned back to me, I'm going to use you to strengthen your brothers who are going to, who are wondering what all just took place. Iron sharpens iron. Iron shines. Iron sharpens iron. In First Peter, we have these verse, verses. Again, this is First Peter. It's the same person, same person that Jesus spoke to him and said. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. When you've returned, strengthen. So here we have Peter writing these words, writing these words. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality. I mean, read either, either of the Gospels, either of the books of, of P, that Peter wrote, and you'll see his heart, his heart for, for growing and maturity and caring and loving and, 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 and his, his emphasis on, on uh, ministry to the body. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And then again, 
same writer, same person, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And he could write this because this is what he experienced. He had fallen short. He had denied the Lord even though he said he wouldn't. But the Lord restored him. He restored him. Each one should use whatever gift he has to has received to serve others. Emma used her gift this morning to serve us, to speak a word of encouragement. Let that water go over your head, she said. Don't let fear cause you to keep God. You can come this far, Lord, but don't ask any more of me. I loved having Ginny up here again. I still remember when Ginny came and said, I had a vision of cars of, on the property. Of us having, and she, she looked out and said, well, I don't know if this was physical or whether, but she saw a vision of cars on the property for a car show. And it happened. And she said, and this isn't me. I don't do things like this. I don't have visions. I'm not. I'm kind of involved behind the scenes. I don't get involved in the front front of the scenes. But it happened. But she didn't do it alone. She had a team of people. We make one another sharper. We make one another sharper. And whenever we're doing anything together, just being part of it together, something takes place. Something takes place. Oh, okay. So yeah, she said it was in response. She was obedient in response to a message. But yeah, well, but it, but, it, but it all works together. You know, we're all in this together. We're not. You know, I, I, no, and I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, it, I, we don't give messages without thinking that there's some reason to give it. You know, to challenge one another, to step out, to be obedient, to put something into practice that we're not currently putting into practice. That's that's why we do what we do. But we're in it together. But see, I love, I, this was kind of revelatory to me to see these passages kind of in sync with one another. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. He, he was somebody who belonged, he's a disciple who belonged to Jesus. And don't think that, don't think that those words couldn't be spoken to any one of us. Marvin, 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 Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. And, and, but, and just the, the reality of, of saying, but I've prayed for you. Jesus, the Savior of the world, and the scriptures tell us he's ever interceding for us. See, when we have relationship, we have relationship with us. He's doing things behind the scenes on our behalf that we don't always see or don't always feel or don't always experience, but we have to know that we know that we know. In my devotional this morning, uh, there's a passage talking about, uh, it, was, it was about Solomon and David kind of ready to transfer the, 
the torch to his son, and the word was spoken, if you follow me unswervingly, if you follow me unswervingly, you'll be mine forever, I'll be blessing you forever. It was this context of just stay true to me, 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 over and over and over again. Don't, don't surrender my truth. Don't surrender the reality of my scriptures because they will serve you. And that's a reminder to me, and we're going to have probably teaching about this at some point, but we're living in a time when people will say, well, it's okay if you kind of veer a little bit off the path. Or just, that was relevant then, it's not relevant now. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. There's a, there's a hand of God on obedience that we can't ever, that we can't ever put a full value on because we, the unknown things that he does on our behalf when we just simply obey and simply follow him and sometimes we hold ourselves back when we say, well, only this far, Lord, only this far. Not going to get me in a small group. Not going to get me up front. And, 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 and Emma's, Emma's right. She said, there's nothing, there's nothing magical about coming up front, but sometimes it's just that step. It's just that step of throwing off pride. You know, what will people say? What will people think if I do this? Who cares? Who cares? Live in Marsha's shoes for a day with spiked hair and, <laughs> and red, white, and blue tips. And, or maybe I should say live in Marvin's shoes <laughs> for a day. You know, it's interesting, this idea of, of sharpened or dull. You know, it's, there's actually passages where the scriptures talk about being dull. And Second uh, Corinthians says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. We're not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for the, to this day the same veil remains. When the old covenant is read... It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses has read, a veil covers their hearts. And, and, and what this spoke to me about is, man, you know, when we dig into Jesus and we dig into the word and he brings revelation, truths to our minds and to our hearts and to our lives that they, they couldn't see. They couldn't see the reality because the, their vision, they still had a veil over, they still had a veil. And I think sometimes we allow a veil of, well, this is, this is who I am, and this is as far as I'm going to go, and this is all I want. And, and there's a veil that keeps us from taking that next step. There's a veil that keeps us from seeing all the possibilities of what God has in mind because we've made that, those decisions. And in the process, we can become a little bit dulled. You know, the Lord has told us to walk into increase. The Lord has told us to open wide our curtains. The Lord has said to, to not hold back. There's opportunities for you to speak truth to somebody. Speak it. 
Do it in love, but speak it. There's a whole lot of people out there who are, I believe are perishing or on their way to perishing because someone's afraid to speak up. Because someone's afraid to tell them the truth. We talked in our open door class today and a lot, gotta love Janet Kessler. She doesn't mince any words. She's like, don't do stupid things. There's a lot of people doing dumb things. And she's not wrong. So a lot of people do dumb things. Don't do dumb things. And I'm speaking to myself. I do dumb things sometimes. Their minds were made dull. Their minds were made dull. Our minds are made dull, sometimes just simply out of neglect. When we neglect the word, when we neglect prayer, when we neglect fellowship, when we neglect, neglect worship, when we neglect obedience. We put off obedience. I'll be obedient tomorrow. Right. Right. I'm going to start exercising tomorrow. I'm going to start reading tomorrow. I'm going to start praying tomorrow. I'm going to start... Minds were made dull. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. There is no reason why any follower of Jesus should ever become dull. The Word's there to sharpen us. Holy Spirit is there to lead us and guide us. But then he's also planted us in this body of people, whether it's in this room or you know, others in our lives who are part of the body, to help make us strong, to help keep us sharp. But are we teachable? Are we willing? Are we willing? Do we do what the Scripture says, like throw off everything that hinders? Maybe it's an attitude I need to throw off. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's some lie that the enemy has whispered into our ear. But then I come back to, we have a Bethany up here saying, who told you that? Who told you that? In Hebrews, we have these warnings about falling away, and it says this. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you have become dull of hearing. You've become dull of hearing. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There's a lot of food there in those little passages. Become dull of hearing. You know, our hearing will become dull as we try to mix the world with the spirit world. The earthly world with the spirit world doesn't work. That mixture, that mixture of old way of life with the new way of life will get dull really, really quick. In Matthew, again, the words of Jesus, 
You'll be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. I put the word dull. Same idea. Same idea. They can hardly... They hardly hear with their ears, they have closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would hear, I would heal them. This passage describes a lot of what's going on in our, in our world today. There's a lot of calloused hearts that can't hear, prevents hearing, dulled, dulled. The thing about it is, I don't want that to be, ever be us. I don't want that to be anybody who's a follower of Jesus because it just doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. So then we have these passages. See too, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily. Iron sharpening iron. Iron sharpening iron. It might even be one of those simple things of saying, who can, I, who can I encourage today? Encourage one another daily. I think Teresa with her prayers, her, her prayer list every day, Greg Langer with his text every morning, some of you are on mission, on task, to encourage one another daily, and you're doing it. You're doing it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because iron is sharpening iron. And here, the passage even tells us why we should do this. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called a day, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin will never be the right way. Sin will never be the right thing. Go back to Genesis. Cain and Abel, if you do the right thing, will you not be accepted? If you do the wrong thing, the enemy is crouching right at your door waiting to seize an opportunity. And then what happens is it deceives us. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not doing that. I'm okay. How many of in this room have at times lied to ourselves saying, I'm okay when we knew we weren't. We just knew we weren't. And there's no reason we should have to do that. Because we have a Savior who says, come on, bring your requests to me. Come into the throne room. Tell me what's going on. We're part of a body that says, confess your sins to one another. That you may be healed. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. We may spur one another on. What's awesome, see, Wednesday in in that class, these guys were just being who they are in Christ. You know, first of all, uh, I marvel week by week by week. Gil drives down here on Wednesday night from Austin Town. He's not five minutes away. So I love that we have among us, and I'm not, I'm not putting these guys on pedestals. I'm not. I'm just saying, man, we have treasures among us. 
We have treasures among us that we need to learn. I, I learned, I'm learned, I'm still learning from these guys. I'm learning from their, their walk of faith. I'm learning from their experiences. I'm learning from their, from their absolute, absolute commitment to truth. There's one I didn't mention because he's not here today. Dave, Dave Conrad was in the group that night, and, and he's not here today. But, I mean, he said things that night that brought such clarity such clarity, he had, a, he had a revelation, well, he just shared it. It was revelation to me in the context of our lesson that night of, of truth that, man, that, that was so good. That was so good. And I say that because those things can't happen when I'm sitting in my house. Those things can't happen when I'm out doing something else. And again, there's nothing wrong with sitting in my house and there's nothing wrong with doing something else at times. But it's just to reinforce the idea of small group, small group is where it's where growth happens. It's where things that happen that can't necessarily happen in a setting like this because we're scattered and we're, there's not inter- necessarily interaction, although we sometimes have interaction. But it's a whole different context for growing and learning. Let us encourage all the more, all the more. The scripture actually tells us to meet together more, not less. I'm going to close with this passage, but it goes back to the Jonathan and David encounter. First Samuel 23, don't be afraid. This is Jonathan speaking to David. Don't be afraid. So, So Jonathan goes to David to encourage him in the Lord, and he does so. He says, don't be afraid. He said, my father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel. But he said this, I will be next to you. I will be next to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. You know, I've told you the the account Many of you heard the account over the years uh, of uh, when, I, when I fell off my neighbor's roof. I didn't hurt myself. I didn't get hurt, but I was afraid to get back on a roof. And one uh, morning, Ben, uh, Pastor Ben was at my house. For, for, we were meeting for prayer, and, and I said, what are you doing after work today? And he said, uh, nothing, why? And I said, I need help getting back on my roof. And so he came to my house, and we put the ladders up. And he helped me get back on my roof. He helped me get back on my roof. I was not afraid to get back on my roof because it was stupid that I couldn't get back on my roof. But you fall off your roof, you're going to be a little afraid. But it required, I had to, I had to humble myself and ask for help. I had, to, I had to think, well, what if he makes fun of me? What if he says, no, that's stupid. Don't be a baby. <laughs> But I also remember one of those prayer meetings. Uh, and I forget how many years, how many years uh, we had been into this with me being the pastor, but I remember saying to him, I really appreciate all that you do. You know, ben, most of it, I, was, I don't know how many of you realize that Ben is a volunteer. Ben does not get paid for being an associate pastor here. He still works a full-time job, doesn't get paid. And I remember saying to him, uh, I, I can't even, if, I, if, I'm ever, if I'm ever asking too much of you, if I'm ever asking too much of you, 
please tell me. And he said, he said kind of what this was. No, I'm, I'm right next to you. I'm right beside you. He said, I, I think he even used the word, I'm commissioned. And, and, I, and I say all that to, to say, man, we need people beside us. We need people beside us. Who are you beside? Who's beside you? Because iron is sharpening iron one way or another. And, but we need to allow ourselves. We need to allow ourselves to be in the receiving end of that and being on the giving end of that and understanding that it's going to require risk. It's going to require something of us. Let's stand. Yeah, Shirley just said something. I think, and I, and I think we recognize that what the reality and the truth of what she just said that you didn't all hear. She said, I think you guys are fortunate that a lot of guys don't have what you guys have among them. And, and I, I believe that's true. I believe that's true. Uh, but it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen by accident. Uh, it happens uh, as we intentionally come and be part of it. And, you know, the scripture tells us to when you find a treasure do everything you can to protect it now speaking of first of all what we found in jesus what we've discovered in jesus so if i've discovered forgiveness and i've discovered uh an outpouring of grace and an amazing love and an amazing strength and power then i want to do everything i can to protect that relationship with jesus but it's also true in the body that if i've discovered the value of coming together and iron sharpening iron and us having this, these, these scenarios where we're, there's give and take and we're, we're learning together and we're growing together and we don't even always agree. We don't always, this isn't all about just putting a rubber stamp on, yep, we all just agree, we all just agree. No, we have, we have some lively discussions and we challenge one another. But see, when we know, we're, when we know that have the undergirding of his love, the undergirding of his love, then it's safe to have a differing opinion. It's safe to have a differing perspective. It's safe to risk saying something that may, may rock the boat. But in the middle of it all, we grow together. So, yeah, I agree. We're fortunate. We're fortunate. But it doesn't just happen by accident. The Holy Spirit has orchestrated it, and he's the one doing the work. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for I thank you for the just the reality of your word. The truth of your word. Lord, we want to be sharpened continually. We want to be sharpened continually. We want to be we want to be in that that that, that place of 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 that cutting edge walk where we're not allowing we're not allowing anything to become dull we're not allowing our passion for you to become dull we're not allowing our our love for you and for the saints to become dull we're not allowing our commitment to to go when you say go and do when you say do and speak when you say speak to to become dull where we just kind of put it off or we kind of shirk and say, let somebody else do that. Now you're calling each one of us in this time to, 
enlarge the place of our tents, to stretch wide our curtains, to lengthen and strengthen our cords, to not hold back and to strengthen our stakes, calling each one of us to this word. This isn't this, this, this random word that you said, well, we'll just put it out there and it's for just a few. No, it's for all of us. Father, thank you. Thank you for how good you are. Thank you for our, our youth team this morning leading us in worship. I pray blessing on these young adults. I pray today that as we go out of here that, that we will go out of here uh, allowing you to sharpen us, to sharpen us and for us to throw off anything that is dulling our passion for you, anything that is dulling our commitment to walking out your truth in real life every day. All this is for you, Jesus. And we give you the praise.